This episode of the Skift podcast features a discussion from a recent online Skift event. To join us and learn more about future Skift events, visit live.skift.com. Please welcome the chairman and CEO of American Airlines, Doug Parker, in conversation with Skift Airline Weekly editor, Madhu Unikrishnan. Good morning, Doug. Hey, Madhu, how are you? Good, good. Um, thank you for joining us today and for kicking off the Skift Aviation Forum. Sure. I wish, wish you were all here in Dallas with us, but this is our DFW. But next year. We'll, we'll do another one of these online ones. Absolutely. Next year. Well, so this hopefully the last of these. Now, you yeah. have no way of knowing this, but you've been a presence in my life for 20 years <laughs> so from the time here at America West. So I'm really excited to, to start this conference with you today. Um, so let's just get into it. Now, um, you know, you just the in- industry just finished its third quarter earnings call, and the th- theme I heard throughout those calls was that aviation, the airline industry, had reached an inflection point. My question to you, though, is um, we've heard that before. I mean, I think at the second quarter that people said it was an inflection point. We heard it various times throughout the crisis. What makes you convinced that this time is real and lasting? Yeah. Okay. Well, to be clear, I don't know that I don't know that any of us said it was real and lasting. Um, <laughs> so we certainly hope it is. But you know, you're right. I mean, there there have been stops and starts along the way throughout this pandemic, and you know, it wasn't. I mean, early on in uh, twenty middle of 2020, we all thought it was you know an inflection point um, as we um, started to see people you know returning to travel, and then of course uh, that turned out not to be true. Uh, what really makes inflection points are fundamental changes. Uh, the 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 vaccines were clearly a fundamental change. And as vaccines started to take hold um, in 2021, we saw people starting to return to travel. That, of course, turned out to, you know, that decelerated into August as the Delta variant spread. So um, another inflection point, though, now is um, 212F being lifted and people being able to travel internationally. That certainly is going to increase. That, that it's, it's a barrier that goes to travel that goes away. Um, and allows more people to travel. So that that those type of permanent changes, vaccines, 212F going away, people businesses returning to their headquarters, uh, those are the events that are really going to make um, this real and permanent, as you say. Uh, but I don't think any of us are, are are depending on or need this to be real and permanent right now. It's just it feels as though um, we're we certainly have um, some structural changes that are taking place, and eventually we're going to get through all this. But I'm not. Uh, if, if indeed there's another stop and st- another slowdown, uh, we're all prepared for that. It's not, it's, but it, it, it absolutely, um, and you can see it in, in all the in all the data. Uh, there's been a huge increase in demand for air travel, certainly leisure travel, business starting to come back, the international travel coming back. All those things are real and permanent. Uh, whether they'll whether they'll they'll plateau for a while before they accelerate again, I'm not sure. But um, what we know is uh, when people are ready to travel again, we're going to be ready for them. Right. Now, uh, you mentioned business travel, and I'm going to refer to something your predecessor, um, the legendary Robert Crandall, said. Um, he said something like in the 90s that new technological innovation makes the world a smaller place and makes people want to travel more. And that's a really germane statement now in this era of Zoom. And we've all gotten used to talking like this over, yeah. over video. Um, do you think he's right? I mean, do you think business travel will recover to its 2019 levels? 
Yeah, well, um, whether we get back to 2019 levels or not, I mean, again, to be seen. What I, mm-hmm. what I, I absolutely believe Bob was right on that. He's been proven right with every technological advance. I, mean, I think back then he was talking about the internet, for goodness sakes, and people were suggesting uh, that because it was going to be so much easier to communicate um, that they wouldn't need to travel as much. And his point was anything that makes the world smaller uh, makes people want to see the world more and meet each other more. And he's been right. He's been proven right. Um, there's no doubt that you know our ability to do these types of meetings um, does suppress um, the need for some travel that needed to happen before in person, but it also makes connections easier. And I do believe over time what that's going to result in is more and more people wanting to get together. There's no, there's this as as easy as this may be, uh, we all know it's no replacement for all of us actually being in person here in DFW and having this conference. Yeah. And those things are going to happen again, and um, people are going to connect due to Zoom that wouldn't have connected otherwise. And they're going to want to get together over time. So, yeah, look, I'm really bullish on what's going to happen with uh, business travel over time. And I'm not I'm not worried. I don't I don't think Zoom's going away, by the by the way. Uh, I think Zoom's a great thing or teams or whatever you want. Any one of these right. um, these platforms are great and they're huge. They're huge advancements. Uh, but um, we're going to coexist. Uh, these 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 platforms will still be in place and business travel will still be in place. Right. Well, I, I want to pin you down on something now. I mean, about business travel. So some of your peers have said as much as half of all business travel is going away, has gone away permanently. Others have said it's going to come back even stronger than it was before. You know, people, people are going to travel a lot more. They have this yen to travel now that they've been cooped up for 20 months. Where, where do you fall on that spectrum? If I can pin you down on a, a number. Um, well, I'm, I'm much closer to the, the bull, certainly bullish. Like I said, um, the 50% sounds crazed. I, I don't, and again, there are certain, there are certain parts of travel that are going to go away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was, I was talking to a lawyer recently who said, you know, going, flying to San Antonio for a deposition, um, is not something I'm going to, I'm going to need to do anymore. Fair enough. Um, so there, there, there absolutely will be things that don't happen, but again, uh, there will be all sorts of new connections made and new needs for different travel. Travel also, we're already seeing <clears throat> that the patterns of business travel are different. Um, as more and more people are working from home, um, we're seeing you know business business travel, which we used to be so you know the patterns were we we can identify business travel frankly from the from the travel pattern, <clears throat> flying out on a Sunday, flying back on Thursday or Friday. Uh, those are business travelers. That's not the case anymore. We have oh. business travelers flying throughout the week on weekends. Um, leaving on Wednesdays and uh, all sorts of different um, patterns to the travel, which are good. Uh, it flattens out. It flattens out the peaks. Uh, it allows for more and more, more and more t- uh, types of travel. Um, so anyway, <clears throat> I think we're going to get to a point where um, business travel gets back to at least where it was in 2019. How soon? I'm not certain, but absolutely, um, it's going to return. It's a it's a requirement of business. Business is a social operation and we all need to connect and airlines connect us. Well, that's an interesting point you raised there. So the the patterns have changed. Are you seeing that from um, across the board from large corporates to small medium enterprises or is it uh, mainly small and medium enterprises that are, are traveling in that in a new pattern? Yeah, no, we're seeing it across the board. <clears throat> um, we can see it on, you know, those that are traveling on corporate discounts. Um, absolutely. Um, again, those are the, those, by the way, are, are much of uh, the companies that still aren't back to headquarters. Um, so that could be part of what it is. Um, and, and you may see that return to more normal patterns as that becomes more prevalent. But I think, again, I think it, it, the way people work has changed permanently. 
Um, and and in, in, in our smaller corporations as well. I, I will also point out, you raise a good point. Um, we've seen business demand come back much more quickly in our smaller corporate, in smaller corporate travel, um, smaller corporations, I should say, uh, rather than our large corporates. And again, that, that to me is a really bullish indicator. Because uh, what that says is, you know, for the for the companies that are that are more nimble, don't have the large headquarters, don't have, you know, large um, HR departments and things that are that are making it uh, that are saying let's not open our headquarters. Uh, those that those that really need to do business um, um, are doing so. Um, the smaller corporations are traveling at a much higher rate than the large corporations. So when the large corporations return to work, uh, I suspect you'll see that come back really quickly. Right. Now, you know, everything we've read about the, you know, le leisure demand has led the way and everything we've read from AAA to, to the airlines themselves said this holiday season is going to be a blockbuster holiday season. I mean, how's it, how, how's it, how's it look shaping up for you, for you with the booking curve being shorter than it normally is and how, what's it looking like this year? Yeah, it's, we're going to be busy. Um, it, every, I think everyone's full. Um, people are, are are wanting to travel, wanting to get, uh, to go see family over the holidays or go travel over the holidays. So, it's going to be a busy. It's going to be a busy holiday season. We're ready for it and excited about it. And uh, I think I think we're all getting our, making sure that we're all ramped up and ready to meet the demand. Well, I want to ask you about that. I mean, you've had some operational hiccups recently, where uh, which brought which called into question whether you might actually be ready for for the uh, surge in demand at the end of the year. What, what have you done to sort of address those those uh, those those um, that the for lack of a better word the meltdown in October. Yeah. Well, first off, I mean, that was driven, of course, by a, a serious event at Dallas-Fort Worth Airport, our largest hub where for two days. Uh, the winds were so strong that we couldn't, that half the, half the airport was shut down. Um, and it happened at the end of the month where we don't have enough, you know, where we end up with not having the, the same level of reserves that we normally do. So uh, not, a, not an excuse, but absolutely what happened. So again, um, when that happens, uh, it, it you know it was harder for us to recover than it than it usually is. Um, again, largely because it was at the end of the month. Um, but what we anyway, we're, what we've done is make sure that uh, we're hiring uh, thousands of people uh, to make sure as we head into the holidays, as we ramp up the schedule, we have it, the people we need. Uh, we have more flight attendants and pilots per uh, scheduled block hour than we've ever had in American Airlines as we head into this period. Um, so we're well prepared uh, in terms of staffing as. Uh, worth noting, actually, yesterday I had the I had the pleasure of uh, having our first graduating class of flight attendants since the pandemic. These are these were 95 flight attendants, uh, <laughs> who all of whom were hired prior to, to prior prior to the pandemic by American. Many of them already in training, and we had to send them home in March of 2020. And these 95 flight attendants waited 606 days uh -huh. uh, to to become American Airlines uh, flight attendants, and just shows you. One, what great jobs these are, um, how much people want to work in the airline business, want to work for American Airlines. Uh, they're willing to wait in this in this job environment. People that are willing, they're 600 days later, uh, taking taking the job that they that they were told they couldn't have um, two years earlier. Uh, says a lot about um, what we do uh, and the people that that love doing what they what what we do at airlines. Uh, anyway, so it's. With that, with this hiring group, we now in every single work group we have new we have new employees. We're hiring thousands of people. We're going to hire thousands of people in the next year, um, and we're having no trouble doing so. This is a, this is a great industry, a great place to work. Well, since you brought up hiring, I actually did want to ask you about that. I mean, se several of your your peers from from Bob Jordan at Southwest to Maury Gallagher and, and um, uh, Jude Bricker have said uh, said that it's really tough actually finding people to work at 
uh, to especially entry level positions at airports and on the ramp. Um, are you seeing the same challenges when? Um, less so. Uh, we certainly, again, um, for a lot of our vendors uh, that have lower pay rates, uh, that has been an issue. But at American Airlines uh, pay scales, we're not having any trouble. We haven't had any trouble uh, recruiting uh, talent uh, anywhere in the in the in in our um, in our at our pay scales within the within the mainline airline. Uh, we certainly have had challenges that we've needed to address with uh, some of our catering uh, contracts with some uh, fuel truck drivers, et cetera. Uh, but again, we've gotten those largely addressed and certainly don't see many issues there. But as it relates to um, hiring people at, at, at American Airlines, we haven't seen any, we, we haven't had any real issues, um, certainly in, in our mainline workforce. Have you had to adjust your, your pay scales for some of these entry level folks or, or change work work conditions to attract talent? Not at the main line. Um, some of our regional providers, uh, we've had to um, give uh, incentives uh, for for pilots that are regional carriers, um, the, the the true entry level pilots uh, who have a number of options right now. As we as all we mainline airlines are growing, we're uh, we're taking um, pilots from uh, a lot of the regional carriers, and they're just having trouble. Well, well again, well, there's no shortage of people who want to be pilots. Uh, they have to have so many hours. To be uh, qualified to join, um, you know, so we have we have had to put some incentives in place uh, for regional pilots. And um, every, you know, this is a question everyone wants to know the answer to: Has the Biden administration's vaccine mandate complicated hiring or even retention um, at American? Um, no, not that we've seen. Uh, certainly not n- nothing on the hiring front. And and uh, as it relates to retention, um, we haven't had any, uh, to my knowledge, had anyone leave. Certainly not not at any, any sort of level that's gotten to my attention uh, where people are leaving because of it. It's, it's, it is, um, you know, an issue we're dealing with. We have to, hit, we're, we're a federal contractor. We need to have everyone mandated, uh, everyone vaccinated uh, per the mandate uh, by January 4th. Uh, and we'll do so uh, either, either, either vaccinated or um, with some sort of religious or medical exemption and being accommodated. Uh, we think we can do that and have them accommodated in a way that allows them to continue to work. So uh, we'll, we will we will manage this as we need to. We're managing it now. Um, vast vast majority of our of our team is vaccinated already, um, and uh, by the time we get to January fourth, uh, everyone will be, or they'll or they'll have some sort of exemption. Right now, we have an audience question, um, and whoever asked this read my mind um, to talk about the international network. So let's let's move over to the network network and how you're playing now. Before the pandemic, uh, you made kind of a lot of news with the with sort of the, um, I remember talking to Basra Raja about uh, expanding into Africa. There was a partnership with Royal Air Maroc and sort of seeing this as, as a great area uh, for, for expansion for American. And some of that was put on ice because of the pandemic. Are you starting to, to look at that region of the world again for growth opportunities? Um, yeah, that, that, that'll, that'll come later. Um, mm-hmm. and certainly, again, that, that relationship is still in place and is in place for the reasons that Basu said. Um, clearly, demand to Africa right now is incredibly low or it's quite low. So, um, but yeah, I mean, all, all the structural pieces of our operation uh, and the international operation uh, that made sense before will make sense over time um, as, as international demand uh, comes back and as, as the pandemic uh, subsides throughout the world. Um, you'll see, you know, everything we had in place will remain in place. And I think you'll see our international network look much the same and our expansion plans look much the same. Um, with the with the addition, by the way, now um, during the pandemic of two uh, large strategic alliances 
uh, with both uh, JetBlue and Alaska, which will allow us to, to fly even more international travel out of out of JFK and out of Seattle. Now, does the Justice Department's uh, suit complicate your your relationship with uh, with JetBlue? Not at all. We're 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 going full speed ahead um, and expanding their and expanding um, as we should. This that's the entire point. Uh, is that this is good for consumers, and we're going to prove that. Uh, we're proving it every day as we continue to expand. Um, that they were, we were, I guess, disappointed to see the lawsuit. It doesn't make any sense to us. Uh, we're going to prove them wrong. It's, it's this is so pro-consumer um, that it's going to be very easy to prove because um, all we're doing is making it making it's creating a third competitor um, to 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 Delta and United in New York uh, and in Boston. That's going to be as strong as they are. And without this alliance, neither of us can be. So it's it's a, it's a great third option, um, and one we think will be the best of the three. Um, but it's going to be intensely competitive and good for consumers. And we're proving that every day. And we'll keep doing so. We're going to keep we're just going to keep growing it, um, and then we'll go win we'll go win the lawsuit if they if they insist on pursuing it. Right now, speaking you speaking of Delta and United. Now, you, another thing you'll never remember: about ten years ago, you told me that uh, the American this was just before the merger. American would never have the network, the scale of network that American and our the Delta and United have, and in, in Asia, yeah. uh, and you were going to rely on um, alliance partners and and uh, joint ventures for growth. Uh, in that region. But then, you know, in the, in the inter intervening 10 years, the merger was done, you started expanded in Asia and then you pulled back. And now how, so I guess I want to get a sense of how is, has the pandemic scrambled your, your, your plans for Asia? What, what, what's coming up um, in that part of the network? Yeah. Well, again, uh, what first and foremost, the, um, the Alliance with Alaska is designed uh, to offset that, you know where where we did indeed have uh, less uh, network scale than than some of our competitors. Um, and with that, with the uh, strategic alliance with Alaska, we now have uh, feed in and out of Seattle, which will which will support a good bit of growth to Asia. Um, so that's what we'll, that's what we'll use. Uh, we also, of course, um, are already we're flying a good bit of Asia out of out of LAX, and that should continue. Um, and then on top of that, we do indeed have um, some strategic alliances, including a, a, a Pacific Joint Business Agreement uh, that includes um, that includes our partners at JAL, includes our partners, includes uh, and, and another alliance with uh, Qantas. Uh, and so, look, we'll be able to get customers uh, either online on American or on one of our partners uh, anywhere around the globe uh, as well or better than anyone else, and that includes Asia. Well, at least let's sticking in Asia. I mean, at least in the near term, so China is still, uh, you know, basically shut down for yeah. international travel. Uh, a lot of East Northeast Asia is slowly reopening. Southeast Asia is slowly reopening. Um, South Asia, including India, is is basically open. I mean, where have you rejiggered your network in response to the pandemic uh, to, to Asia? Oh, absolutely. As can, as you as can you tell our, our audience how? <laughs> well, yeah, well, well, again, I mean, you can see it. We're not flying it. We're not flying routes to China um, as a result than right. we were before. Um, you know, when those those, but again, th those those are pandemic related changes to the schedule as opposed to permanent changes to the schedule. Right. Um, so all the I, I, again, what I believe is um, as as the world recovers and as the pandemic subsides around the around the globe, uh, you'll see you'll see. Most of us return to our prior type of international schedules. Um, in some cases, 
Uh, there's less competition out there because this pandemic has resulted in fewer international competitors in many cases. So perhaps you'll see even more from the U.S. carriers uh, than we were than we were flying before internationally, as, as there's there's as there's somewhat less uh, competition. Um, and as 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 places like China open up, you'll see American and other airlines begin to fly there again. So that's what's really going on. But do I, I just don't want to I don't want to make it sound right. like um, because of the pandemic, the entire, you know, of course, uh, where we are today and where we're flying today is much different. But over time, uh, to the extent that made sense before, it'll certainly make sense in the future. And things like um, Seattle um, to to Asia, which wouldn't have made sense for American before, suddenly do make sense uh, with the feed from Alaska. Now, uh, do you have sort of a, a date for when you think long a long haul travel will start to return? I mean, we've heard everything from twenty twenty six to twenty twenty three. I mean, where 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 what are you what are you hearing from your for your customers from your people on the ground? Yeah, like it, it varies again by country, yeah. um, but in but in general. I think U.S. demand for international travel in the summer of 2023 is going to be a, is going to be incredibly strong, um, maybe as high as it was in 2019. Um, so again, it's still to be seen where everybody, where how everybody feels about uh, global travel at that point. But certainly, the the trend lines would seem to indicate uh, that is as long as we continue on this on this sort of trend, given what we've seen in terms of demand uh, with the lifting of 212F. Uh, I don't think it's it's remotely um, a stretch to believe that by the by this by this coming summer um, that people are going to want to be traveling uh, internationally at the same levels they did in 2019. So again, that that could vary by certain parts of the world, but just yeah. in general, you know, the desire for Americans to travel abroad. Uh, I think it's going to be as, str as strong in 2023 as it was in 2019. Can you tell us, I mean, roughly how the um, how like, European point of sale bookings how how by how much they went up after November 8th? Um, I'm sorry, and I just said 2023. I'm in 2022, and, and so and while I was thinking of that, what was <laughs> so <laughs> after after the lifting of of the restrictions yeah. on November eighth, how, how by how much did what kind of surge did you see from European point of sale? Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> almost infinite. I mean, <laughs> I really I, I can't give the percentage because they were so high. I mean, right. I, so I don't remember them, but I mean hundreds of percentage increases in demand. I mean, look, we, they, they didn't have the ability to fly to the United States. Um, we, we preclude, we, we didn't allow Europeans to travel to the United States um, unless they had, unless they, you know, two passports or some right. sort of emergency reason. So it was exceptionally low. It was, it was being suppressed and then that was lifted. So, and immediately we saw um, on the, on those dates, um, like, I, like I say, several hundred percentage uh, point increases um, from uh, European Brazilian uh, point of sale travel uh, that has continued. So it's it's it, it came back immediately. Again, not all the way back to 2019 levels, mm -hmm. um, but it, you know it's one of these classic. If you suppress demand um, <laughs> and don't allow people to travel, one it gets pent up, and two when you when you remove the restriction, people start to travel again. And it happened the day it was lifted, not not two weeks later. Uh, you know we had flights full that day. So mm -hmm. it's 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 encouraging. It, 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 we waited far too long for it. By the way, it's too bad we had to wait this long for it. It didn't make any sense uh, from a health perspective to not allow people to travel from Europe um, and to allow people to travel from other parts of the world. But uh, anyway, stop complaining about that and be happy this <laughs> off. And uh, and uh, anyway, it's it's it, it is very encouraging to see what happened uh, when the restriction was lifted. Um, people, there's huge pent up demand for international travel. And when the restrictions are lifted, uh, the travel comes. 
So, um, so I take it you're expecting a good transatlantic summer next year. Yes, absolutely. Um, again, that's certainly that, that's a part of the world that feels like uh, in in 2021 is going to is going to feel or 2022 is going to feel a lot like uh, 2019 uh, summer in terms of demand for travel. And how, how have you sort of retooled your network for for or what are you thinking in terms of summer 2022? Um, is it going to be more a leisure network or are you going to focus on your business centers? Uh, it's somewhat dependent on demand, but what we know is we're going to have we're going to be back by the next number of flying all the airplanes we were flying before. Um, and 2019 is our intent. Um, we'll actually be a slightly larger airline in the summer of 2022 than we were in 2019 in terms of ASMs. Um, yeah. That's dependent, of course, on us getting all of our airplanes delivered. But yeah. uh, assuming that happens, um, we will will be even larger than we were. So we're look, we're and, and, we'll, and so that's what that's what we think. Uh, we're very bullish on 2022, on the summer of 2022, and we're ramping up to make sure that we're ready to meet that demand. Great. Now we have a um, we have a few minutes left. Uh, and I just wanted to, uh, so my final question to you, I guess, is this. Sure. You, you've, you've, we mentioned, you, you know, you've been a presence in my life for 20 years, but you've also, <laughs> you've had basically the same job for 20 years, just the offices keep getting bigger. Yeah. Um, and now, you, you know, when you were, when you started your career under uh, Crandall's wing and uh, in whatever that was, uh, did you ever see, first of all, did you ever see getting his job? No, of course not. Um, <laughs> and that, that wasn't really ever the goal. I mean, you know, look, I, um, what I feel good about is, you know, the, the, the reason we've gotten to this point is because we needed to, for our team's sake, um, America West was a great airline, um, but it was too small to, to exist. And, um, in, a, in, a, in a consolidating world. So, you know, we worked hard to, to get a merger done with U.S. Airways. And then U.S. Airways, uh, you know, when the mergers of United and Continental and Delta and Northwest got done, U.S. Airways was compromised. So we need to do something about that. And as we did those things, um, you know, I happened to be the, the one who was in charge of those. But it was all about getting our people to safe harbor. And that I feel really good about. It's, it was never about us or... Certainly about me. Uh, it was. It's all about making sure that we that we, as 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 leaders of the airline, give our team who does a phenomenal job of taking care of customers and each other, um, the confidence they needed to know that they're going to work for an airline that's going to be here as long as they want to work. Uh, we couldn't quite do that at America West. We wouldn't have been able to do that for a long time, much longer at U.S. Airways. Uh, now we can do so. So it's one of one of the. One of the nice things I was able to tell those flight attendants yesterday was that you're joining an airline that's going to be here as long as you want to be here. If you want to work here for 50 years as a flight attendant, we'd love to have you. Um, and we couldn't say that in those other airlines. So that's why we work so hard to 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 consolidate. And uh, I was I'm just um, anyway, what, what happens, by the way, when you do those things, when you find out when you end up, uh, this is my own view, when you end up uh, finding a, a mission that's bigger than yourself. Uh, your job ends up, your, your career actually does better. Uh, you don't, you, you find that you, you can, you know, when working for yourself, you can actually say, I'm okay right now. But when you, when you decide, no, no, I have to do this because so many people are counting on me. Uh, you, you work a lot harder and your career actually does better. So what comes next for Doug Parker? Oh, I'm, I'm gainfully employed and, <laughs> and, uh, and we're, and we got a lot of work to do. So, uh, we're going to keep working on what we're doing. We've, we're, I feel really good about where the airline is today. 
uh, and about the future ahead. And, you know, it's taken us a while to get to where we feel that way. So um, I, I feel exceptionally good about, about what, the work we've done over the last you know, 18, 19 months uh, to ensure the company's in this position. And now we've got to go make sure that we deliver uh, on the prospects ahead that we intend to. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. And I really, really look forward to doing this in person next year. Yeah, me too. Thanks, Manu.